So uh, this, this week for Advent, we're speaking about peace. And uh, so we'll just start with the uh, first slide. Uh, I couldn't really think of any funny stories to tell you about peace. And so I'm like, I have a, I have a movie I really like. In <laughs> uh, this one, too, I found this on the internet as well. Growing your own garden will bring peas on earth. <laughs> That's, those are my jokes <laughs> for today. So um, a couple of weeks ago when I was speaking, I was talking about the story of um, when the disciples were in the boat and the storm came up and Jesus said um, to the wind and the waves, peace be still. And I was talking about that day, how what happened there was Jesus had a reality of peace inside him all the time. And how he, so when he spoke peace, the reality of peace inside him became the reality of peace around him on the outside. And so I want to look more carefully at that story and just about what it says about peace. So the next slide, we're going to read from um, Mark chapter 4. This story is in at least two or three of the Gospels, but Mark has the most details, and I, so I like reading from him. And I'm going to read the New King James Version, because I also really like that version for this story. So we're going to read from Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. Next, yeah. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Beast, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? So the first thing that I want to mention uh, about this story is found in the uh, first verse, um, verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. You know, doesn't Jesus invite us into the storm? He doesn't say there's going to be a storm. He doesn't make the storm, but doesn't he invite us into the storm? And the reason is, so on the next slide, um, he invites us into the storm so we can grow in peace. You know, didn't he say to me, Amanda, why don't you quit your full-time job with excellent pay and go be a missionary in Japan where there's not a lot of pain where some weeks you won't have enough money to pay for the bus to get to the Bible study that you lead. You know, doesn't he say to us, you know, why don't you move, you know, to a new city? Or why don't you, you know, uh, quit that job, job and take another one? Why don't you have another kid? <laughs> doesn't he invite us into the storm? And, you know, it's not because he's mean. It's not because, you know, he wants us to be afraid. It's because he wants us to grow in peace. You know, in the calm waters, it's easy to have peace and we don't grow that way. Because the thing about peace is, as we grow in it, to the level we grow in it, we get to keep that for all eternity. He wants us to have eternal things. You know, it's not the, the house that he wants us to have or the job he wants us to have or, you know, he, of course he wants us to have health, but even more importantly, he wants us to have eternal peace. And we can start now 
having eternal peace. Uh, John 16, uh, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Doesn't matter if he invites us into the storm or not, it's going to come. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And he wants us to not only have peace but hope that we also talk about during Advent. The uh, second verse that I want to look at is verse 38. In verse 38, it says, But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So on the next slide, what happened there was they were believing a lie, and it was stealing their peace. Did you hear it? Teacher, don't you care if we're perishing? Don't you care we're dying? They thought because he was asleep that he didn't care, and that was a lie. And lies that we believe in our hearts steal peace. You know? So um, when uh, one of my friends, um, she, we were in a school together down in the States getting ready. We were both learning how to do houses of prayer. And... Um, she, there was a guy there that she really liked, and, uh, and they were good friends, and they'd been good friends for a while, and while we were there, he started dating another girl, and she was pretty upset about that, and then he got engaged <laughs> to that girl, and she was pretty devastated, and um, she really believed that uh, God must not love her because she really desired to be married, and she thought this was the person, and she thought she was listening to God, and it wasn't. And so there was a couple of lies she was believing, that God didn't love her, that she couldn't hear God's voice. Obviously, she'd got it wrong. And so um, as she was praying one day, God gave her a vision, and it was of muscly Jesus with no shirt. She's like, Amanda, Jesus is really muscly. And I'm like, well, he was a carpenter, so I guess that makes sense. She's like, yeah, I was standing there, and like muscly Jesus was standing in front of me with no shirt, and all these arrows were being shot at me, and they were hitting Jesus, and they were hitting his body, and he started to bleed, and she said to Jesus, 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 stop, you're bleeding, you're getting hurt. He said, you know, Hiroko, because I love you, I want to take these arrows. I don't want you to take them. And she really understood deeper how Jesus loved her, that he hadn't left her, that she could hear his voice. And she was able to get a lot more peace because she started believing the lie instead of, she started believing the truth instead of the lie. And so when we don't have peace, I really want to encourage us, what is the lie that we're believing? Yeah. So the next verse I'd like to look at in here is verse 41. It says, And they feared exceedingly and said to another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? And so I think, you know, God does this sometimes. You know, he does scary stuff, and then we call out to him, and then he's even scarier. You know, like he says, Why don't you give away your car? And you're like, Oh my goodness, I don't want to take the bus, you know, so you give away your car. And then he says, you know, why don't you sell your house and just rent? And you're like, what? What are you, like, what are you talking about? Doesn't he do that sometimes? You know, and they were like, you know, 
First, they're scared because they thought they're going to die because, you know, they're going to die in the storm. And then he calms the storm, and then they think maybe we're going to die because we're in the presence of God. Like, who is this guy that, the, you know, that can calm the wind and the waves? And I was talking to him, and I'm like, God, you know, I think that they had a good reason to be afraid. Like, you know, I think I would be afraid. Like, these are fishermen who live on the water their whole life, and they're afraid for their lives in a storm. This is not their first storm. This is not their first storm, right? And so they're afraid for their lives, right? And they're standing there, like, and he calms the wind and waves. And so picture this, right? It goes from, like, you know, huge waves to the sea is like glass. So I remember my parents and I, we were going from Northern Ireland um, to, I think, Scotland on a ferry. And the sea was calm as glass. I've never, I've seen lakes, like, where the water's like glass, but never the sea. And we're on a ferry, and, like, the only movement in the water was the ferry, um, like, the wake of the ferry. It was like glass. And I bet that's exactly what it was like, you know, that the Sea of Galilee was just from waves to glass. Like, that would be scary. I don't know if you've ever uh, seen a miracle, um, but it kind of gets your heart going a bit, you know, like the adrenaline starts pumping, you know. So, um, so it was like glass, but they're standing there in a boat. It says that the boat was almost swamped. So Jesus is probably standing in water up to his knees, telling them, what are you afraid of? You know, there's still, I'm like, Jesus, there's still water in the boat. Like, that was a scary thing. So I was talking with him about this. I was like, you know, Jesus, like, that's still scary. I think they had reason to be scary. I don't think you really know what peace is. And he said, Amanda, I don't think you really know who peace is. <laughs> he said, I am the Prince of Peace. So on the next slide, the more we know Jesus, the more we know peace. Because they said, who is this? The reason they were afraid is because they didn't know all of Jesus. They knew the man side, but not the God side as much. And so the more we get to know Jesus, the more we have peace, because he is the Prince of Peace. Right? Ramesh read this already. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know, um, in my house growing up, you weren't allowed to be angry. That was not allowed. And so if you were angry at someone, you did not say so. And there was no way that you worked it out because there was nothing to work out because you were not angry. Um, and so when I got uh, older and as I was um, getting to know God better, I thought it wasn't okay to tell him I was angry. And so that made it difficult for me to become as intimate with God as I could because I couldn't tell him how I was feeling. And uh, I wouldn't go to him if I thought that um, I was going to, like, for me to tell God I was angry was really just not okay. And he started working on that with me and letting me know it's okay to tell me if you're angry because I already know. <laughs> and he started showing me in the Bible where he had been angry at times. And I was really scared that he was going to be angry at me. And uh, one day I was praying and... Um, 
he was talking with me about anger. And he said, Amanda, I'm never going to be angry at you. And I was like, that's not God. <laughs> that's not God. I know he gets angry. Like, he would never say, I'm never going to be angry at you. And he said, yes, yes. He said, because if you thought that even once I could be angry at you, you would never come to me. And I want you to always come to me, so I'm telling you now, I will never be angry at you. And I thought, oh, it is God. <laughs> it is God. So I was able to go to him with my anger. And he started helping me through my counselor, who's amazing, deal with anger and conflict resolution, which I have to tell you, you really need as a teacher. If you're going to be a teacher, you have to know how to do conflict resolution. You have to know how to deal with anger. And, um, yeah, or a pastor, they say. <laughs> This is true. So um, I had this little boy. Uh, he was in grade three, Vartan. He never did his homework. Never did his homework. And um, at the end of every day, they had these agendas where you're supposed to write down the homework that I put on the board. And then I would sign it. And they take it home, and their parents can see what homework there is. And at the beginning of the year, I sent home a letter saying, you know, if it's not signed, I didn't see it. So. Probably about December, um, in Vartan's desk, I found two agendas. One that he had written down the homework and had my signature, and the other one had no homework written in it. Guess which one he took home to his parents? <laughs> so I called his parents and I said, you know, I found two agendas in his desk, and that's why, you know, he hasn't been doing his homework every day, and I, and, um, I see that you didn't know what homework he hadn't been doing. So just to, you know, just to recap, I always signed my name. So if my name's not signed, that's not, you know, I took away the other agenda and his father started getting really mad. What do you mean? Like there's no, how could you not know this? And you know, what were you doing? And before, when I didn't know God as well, and I didn't know about anger, I would never, I probably would have just listened to him and said, yes, yes, you know, we have to change. But as he started getting angry at me and telling me how it was my fault that his son wasn't doing his homework, I said, excuse me, sir, are you saying that it's my fault your son isn't doing his homework? He said, no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm like, oh, good, I'm glad. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. I would never be that bold. I would never have been that bold before if I didn't know Jesus. I would never have had that peace. I would have gone home feeling horrible, first that Vartan hadn't done his work, that I wasn't a good teacher, and then his dad was mad at me. That's how I would have gone home. But as I knew Jesus, I knew it was okay. I knew how to deal with anger a bit more. And so I had more peace. And I'm so glad that I was praying that day and that I was able to hear him say he'd never be angry at me because I needed it. I really needed it. So one of the other things I noticed, I was listening to this passage over and over again as I was driving. And um, as I was driving, different things would come to my mind. And I've saved the most exciting thing <laughs> that was most exciting to me for last. Um, so uh, this is about verse 40. So verse 40, but he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And as I mentioned before, like as I was thinking about this in my mind's eye, you know, I was thinking how scared I probably would have been, like that I probably wouldn't have also had peace. And um, I don't know how many of you have seen the Sea of Galilee. Uh, my sister and I traveled um, there after university. And I have to tell you, um, when I saw the Sea of Galilee, I was like, this is not a sea. 
This is a small lake. I can see the other side. Like, I grew up on Lake Huron in the summers. Lake Huron, you can't see the other side. It's a lake. The Sea of Galilee, like, self-important lake, you know? Like, <laughs> that's what I really thought. And it wasn't stormy when I was there, you know? And so I was like, okay. You know, but the thing is, I grew up um, uh, at, uh, on Georgian Bay uh, on a place called uh, Bomb Beach in the summers. And uh, so we spent our summers like getting pretty red because I'm really fair-skinned and your parents would tell you put on sunscreen, but we, we didn't do it, <laughs> you know? And uh, you, know, you know you've been to the beach when there's still sand in your hair a couple days later, you know? Like, and on Lake Huron, the waves get really big. So wavy days are actually fun, but really wavy days are quite dangerous. And so there are times when our parents would say, you know, you need to come out of the water now because uh, it's getting too wavy. And after really wavy storms on Lake Huron, the search and rescue helicopters always go over. You always see the orange helicopters over the lake looking for people, even though they haven't lost anyone. But because the storms are so violent, um, can be so violent. And so I've seen very... Um, violent storms that would be very dangerous that I would never want anyone to be in. And so I could imagine how that storm would have gone. And, you know, there's Jesus, like, asleep in the back of the boat. And, you know, they wake him up, and he calms the sea, and he says to them, don't you have any faith? And I'm like, that sounds a little bit harsh. Like, <laughs> you know, that to me, like, of course it can't be harsh because everything God does is loving. Everything Jesus did was loving. You know, so when he says, don't you have any faith, that was the most loving thing he could do in that point, right? And so the point of that was to help them see, right, help them see what was going on there. So what was going on there? Why was it okay for their boat to sink? You know, why would that be okay? Because with Jesus, you don't need the boat. If the boat sinks, you can just walk on water to the other side. Doesn't it tell us that Jesus walked through a storm? They thought he was a ghost. And they knew him. And so he's saying to them, you know me. You've seen me do miracles. Even if the boat sinks, even if you all die, I can raise you from the dead. There is nothing to be afraid of in the storm with Jesus. So... <laughs> So when he says, Amanda, you don't need money in Japan, I say, I'm pretty sure I do, God. <laughs> and he says, no, you don't need money. I have people who will pay for your... I have people who will pay for your bus pass every month. I have people who will pay for your gym membership every month. He says you don't need the boat. Why do you think you need the boat? You have me. That's all you need. When I look at Jesus, I can see that all I need is him. And it gives me peace. And the more I know him, the more I know I can have his peace anytime. Now, sometimes it's easier to enter his peace than other times. When I'm really having a hard time, you know, I tend to do journaling. 
I get on my computer and I write out everything that I'm angry about, everything that I'm sad about, everything that's upsetting me, everything that I think God should be doing. <laughs> this is what you should be doing, God. <laughs> and then he answers back. And it brings me peace. And I know people that they worship. They put on worship music and they sit. And they sit until they have peace. Because it takes a while to enter the peace. It's not um, easy all the time to enter peace. And uh, like Pastor Ramesh said, you know, I know people who do the prayer. Isabel Allen, she does this prayer too, where um, she blows out whatever is bothering her and breathes in God's peace. And she's told a story about she and her daughter sat there one day and breathed in peace and blew out the violence that was done against her daughter until they both felt peace. So, you know, we do need to enter peace sometimes. But I have to say, the more I know him, the less time it takes. It's just easier. And that peace is just so available for us. And um, so today, maybe, maybe you're thinking, you know, I want this peace where I don't need the things to make me feel at peace. It's so great when he gives us family and health and finances and friends. And when he doesn't, it's so great to have the peace. And so if you don't know the Prince of Peace, I want to let you know that he is the most loving God. There is nobody who will ever love you more. Nobody who will ever give you more peace. And he wants to spend eternity with you in a place where there is always joy, always peace, always hope, always fun, and always chocolate. <laughs> you should live there forever. <laughs> but the problem is, because God is perfect, there can't be things that aren't perfect near him. For eternity, he doesn't want that. He wants eternity to be perfect, full of peace. And uh, the problem is that I'm not perfect, in case you thought by what Carrie said I am. I'm not. <laughs> I hurt people and say mean things, and I'm not qualified to spend eternity with God. And so he provided a way for me and for you to spend eternity with him. You know what he did? He sent his son. He only has one. His only son he sent to earth to live life just like I live it. And do you know that he was perfect every day? Did you know that he never yelled at anyone who cut him off on his donkey? <laughs> do you know that when he hit his nail, with the hammer, which I'm sure he did because he's a carpenter, he did not swear. Do you know that when his little brothers and sisters took his last piece of baklava, he did not hit them? He lived a perfect life, and he could spend eternity with God, having peace and chocolate forever. And instead, he died in my place. I was supposed to die. I was supposed to die. That's the price I was supposed to pay for every mean word I've ever said to my brother, 
every time I lied to my parents, every time I said horrible things about someone, I was supposed to die. But instead, he died on the cross for me and paid the price for all of the things I've ever done wrong and all of the things you've ever done wrong. So that when God looks at me, he doesn't see me and what I've done wrong. He sees Jesus. And we have a choice. He doesn't want robots who have to choose him because do you know that God is love? And do you know that love is a choice? God is a choice we can make. We can choose Jesus as our God. We can choose to let him pay the price for our own sins, for all the things we've done wrong, or we can choose to pay it ourselves. And I chose him, and he's given me so much more than I could ever think. When I became a Christian, this isn't what I thought was going to happen. I thought I was going to grow up and become a teacher and a mom, and I was going to go to church. I did not think I was going to go to Japan and write a book and speak in front of people. That was not my plan. It's so much more than my plan ever was. I never planned to go to 32 countries. I never planned to be um, healed in my heart so that I can express anger in a good way, that I can do conflict resolution. I never thought that was part of his plan for me. His plan for us is so much better. And I want to encourage you, pick him, pick him. He is so great, better than anyone else, better than anything else. He's better than chocolate. <laughs> and better than all the things we go to for comfort, you know, better than watching TV and eating food and drinking alcohol and all the things we go to for comfort that in the end leave us empty. He will never leave you empty. He'll never leave you alone. I encourage you to choose him, to let him pay the price for your sins, that you can live forever with him in a place that's wonderful, with the most wonderful person ever. So I'm going to pray. And if you would like to pray this prayer, please pray it with me. Dear God, thank you for peace and thank you for sending your son, Jesus. And I am so sorry for all those things that I've ever done wrong, for lying and cheating and just being such a horrible person sometimes. God, I'm so sorry. And thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sins. And thank you, Jesus, for coming so that I can trade places with you, that you died so I could live forever, that when God looks at me, he can see you and how perfect you are, and that I look white as snow. And I choose you today, Jesus, as my God, because there's no other God that will love me like you, and there's no other answer for peace in my heart, and there's no other answer for peace on earth but you, Jesus. I choose you. Would you be my God today? In your name I pray. Amen. And I just want to pray for one more group of people. You know, uh, I love, I love, love, love the nativity story in the Bible. I love all the parts of it. One of the parts I love the best is the angels. They come out and they scare the shepherds to death. <laughs> They're like, here we are, glorious, huge, white beings glowing and being really loud, but be at peace. It's okay. We're not going to kill you. <laughs> You know, and uh, I just want to read um, from the next uh, from the next slide there, guys. 
they say in Luke 2:14, the angels say, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. I love that in the nativity story, when Jesus comes, it mentions how much God loves us. His favor rests on you. His favor rests on you. Do you think that anything can come against you? Do you think that losing a house or losing a job or bad health can come against you without him? Without him giving you peace and joy and love? Do you think that losing a child can come against you? Because that's what God did. He lost his child. He knows what that is. He never leaves you alone in the worst things. He says, peace. He says, peace. Look at me. The wind and the waves, they're nothing. They are nothing. And so I want to pray for people who are going through a storm in your life right now. And um, I'm going to ask uh, the people around you to pray. And so if you would like prayer for peace because you're going through a storm, would you just put up your hand if you want peace? And I'm going to ask the people around, would you please put your hands just on their shoulders? Just gather around the people who have their hands up. And if you're not near, you can just reach out your hand to somebody who has their hand up. We're going to pray for peace. Father, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for your awesome peace. Thank you that you are with us in the storm. You invite us to go and you're there with us. Thank you that you are there with us in the storm and that you know what it is. You know what it is to have no house. You know what it is to lose your loved ones. You know what it is to have friends die from sickness. Thank you that you're there with us. And thank you that you reveal yourself to us, that you show us that you love us. You show us those lies and you take them away. Thank you. And thank you that you are all we need. We ask for even just a spirit of peace. As we breathe in your spirit, your peace, would you breathe out all the things that steal peace? Would you take them away, Lord, the peace stealers, and give us your peace, Prince of Peace? Won't you come now? Won't you calm the storm? Jesus, would you cause the peace inside of you to be the peace inside of us, to be the peace that's reality around us? We look to you and we say, yes, we will walk with you through the storm if need be. We will walk with you. Holy Spirit, thank you for peace.
Thank you for friends, Lord, and family who help us. And uh, thank you, Lord, that you say there's a time for everything. There's a time for crying and a time for laughing. And uh, we thank you for today, Lord, for the, the kids' presentation to us, for the food downstairs. We thank you for all the delicious food. We ask that you would bless uh, the food to our bodies and may all the calories go to energy and none to fat in Jesus' name.